This is a Strips Trust podcast. All news and all views expressed in the podcast are those of the contributors, not necessarily those of Morecambe Football Club. Yeah, 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 yeah. God, I believe me. Blessing in the land is Morecambe FC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as me. Blessing in the land is Morecambe FC. Right, here we are again with another uh, fun-packed Shrimps Trust podcast. Uh, welcome to ShrimpNet uh, to discuss the on and off-field activity at the museum this week uh, with the usual suspects, myself and Joel. We are joined, well, we will be joined. If you're watching on YouTube, you're thinking there's only three of you. We will be joined, hopefully, by Charlie Appleyard at some point. Uh, the human dynamo that is Charlie Appleyard. He'll probably be playing golf in the dark, not in Charlie. Uh, but from the dressing room, uh, we have another new arrival. Uh, last week we had Archie Mayer, luckily. Uh, uh, and this time uh, we've got um, a Welsh under-21 and Welsh squad member, uh, former Ipswich, Wigan and posh flying winger who did us proud last Saturday, Gwian Edwards. Gwian, thank you and welcome along to the Shrimps podcast. Thank you. So where do we start? Well, the usual place, Mansfield last Saturday. Um, I think it's safe to say that we weren't looking forward to this one, Joel, uh, as fans, because obviously we got a spanking there, 3-0 uh, at the start of the season. Um, we looked completely outclassed. They looked like very, very good. Uh, their away form has been pretty good. Uh, their, the home form has been even better. Uh, and losing all five low knees and going into it with... Uh, three new players, but obviously Archie played well, Joe played well, and Guion played well, and the system the system changed. I think Mansfield was surprised because we didn't play as we expected us to play. No, it was really really good. It felt like it, trying to put my finger on how to explain it, but it felt like with all those low knees going back in that in that week preceding it, it felt like almost any kind of sense of Jed trying to maybe still still carry out a bit of what Derek was trying to do. It felt like a lot of that just kind of went a bit and, and he, he really shifted the style a lot more to what he's kind of alluded to in interviews, uh, obviously. No, with, long, uh, no longer Derek Ball. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, yeah, it was quite high energy. I think the possession was about 50-50. The way we pressed him was really, really impressive. Uh, yeah, the energy we played with and everything, it was, it, it was really good to see, you know. Uh, I think... The, the formation changed maybe a little bit slightly and kind of we've kind of had two sitters before two sitters behind the number 10 and yeah. with Taylor and Adams I thought it was kind of like two kind of more box-to-box attacking midfielders while Jan sat behind him so yeah just lots of stuff to be excited about and then and a really good performance I think we went toe-to-toe with them I think we I think I do think we kind of edged it over over the over the course of the game I look at some of the kind of territory stats from the game and, and it it was pretty even, which is things we haven't really seen much this season. We've been maybe conceding a bit more terror been maybe a bit more packed and a few more numbers behind the ball at the back, but conceding quite a lot of territory, which obviously comes with its risks. And yeah, we were really, really, really good. And it was for a lot of players who were kind of stepping onto the pitch for the first time together, they did really, really well. And I think it's nice as well for Guion and Archie and uh, and Joe Adams to have strong debuts like that, that like, like they did because I think it 
obviously you want to see regardless of kind of context you always want to see a player hit the ground running for the club uh, and that's always good news but on top of that you know it's it's Jed's first transfer window as a manager and to see the players that he's managed to sign kind of hit the ground running uh, kind of gives you a bit hopefully gives him confidence hopefully gives the fans confidence in him and yeah just hopefully keep moving forward from there because if we keep that level of performance up throughout the rest of the season we'll you know comfortably beat you know quite a good few teams in this division well, I'll come to you now, Guion. Uh, Charlie, thanks for joining us. Evening, evening. <laughs> uh, Guion, I'll come to you now. Um, obviously, you started out on the right-hand side uh, and your brief was obviously uh, parade up and down there as much as you can. Uh, you did brilliantly. I think I think the die was cast in about the first 20 minutes because you and Joe Adams both, you were beating the first man almost at will. And, and you could see the look of surprise on Mansfield's faces, like, uh, that's, not, that's not supposed to happen. Was that was Jed encouraging you just to go out there and play your game and just say, right, let's get men forward? Because uh, both Joel Senior and playing Jacob Bedeau at fullback, which I'll come back to, which was a masterstroke, they both got forward as well in support of, of you wide people. Yeah, I think um, you just said, like, obviously go out there and play your own game. But I think, I think obviously we pressed them really well. In the first half, we had a good structure about how we wanted to play. And I think it was important we started on the front foot. I think first 15 minutes, obviously, Mansfield are a good side. They're probably one of the better teams in League Two as well. But I think it's just having that, just going into that game with no fear of where they are in the league and they're doing well. I think we started, got in their faces and, like you said, we kind of pressed them well, took the ball off them. And I think they were all a bit shocked that we started so well. But... I think when you're at home as well, especially you've got you've got to start really well at home. Um, obviously, Joe Joe's that was his first game in league football, um, and I thought he he done really well. Obviously, know know Joe, from having him at Wigan, seeing him there, I kind of know what what Joe brings to the table. So I think we kind of linked up really well, which was nice. And yeah, I think first half we probably should have got a goal or two, maybe which. I think yeah. if we score, if we score our chances in the first half, we'd probably go on to win the game. But obviously, Mansfield can't take anything away from them. They're they're a good side, and that's they've stayed in the game, and obviously that's why they're they're up there in the league too. And Charlie, uh, it was um, a surprise to see us a so attacking, uh, and what was refreshing was we knew Mansfield would give as good as they get. Uh, and loads and loads of positive feedback from the fans saying it's probably one of the best games, even though we only got a draw, it's probably one of the best games they've seen at the Mazuma this season. It was uh, it was an entertaining game. The problem is, Freeze, we, we lost our five lone players and there are no other players who can replace them in the, in the, in the, in the country. There's no other footballers available for, for signature and Jed doesn't know what he's doing. And that's all panicking. <laughs> you know, Jed, Jed, the, the, I really want people to start trusting, trusting, trusting the, trusting the people at the club, you know. Everyone's going crazy. Jed's expected to lose his loan players for quite a long time. He's done a fantastic yeah. job for the club. Brilliant, brilliant effort. But, you know, see Guion and the guys coming in. And, you know, um, two more, seven in now, six or seven in. Three, three more this week, yeah. yeah so so we've had six, five out, six in. Everyone panic, everyone panic. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, hey, we hey. are. We're in the microphone, Charlie, having that to me. We, we, nice we, 
you know, we came in Swansea. You're absolutely brilliant. You know, there, 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 there are more than five footballers available to the club. You know, and we, we do. I'm sure. Looking at Gwion Archie and and, uh, and uh, Joe, how good the other the other three or four or five we're going to bring in are going to be, you know? <laughs> I like that three, four, or five. Yeah, well, we've had three. Yeah, well, so we'll hope we'll... Yeah, so, so please, please trust, trust, trust them. You know, Jed, Jed's obviously really, really, really good at what he does, and and Fitz come in doing a good job of with some of these the transfer signatures. John Max back. You know, it's a yeah, quarter to the second half of the season with real, with real excitement instead of instead of instead of instead of panicking. So every, time well, panics, every time everyone panics, it's all right again three or four weeks later, and everyone's like, "Oh, what we're panicking for?" Yeah, I think I think, uh, I think I'll, I'll I'll come to that later because obviously there's a there's another issue going on as well, which I'll come to, and I think I think that's a lot to do with it as well. But anyway, to go back to the actual Mansfield game, Joel, um, <laughs> a bit of a tactical masterstroke. Uh, Jacob Badeau at left back, who uh, turned into a marauding fullback on three or four occasions in the first half, but uh, apparently quite deliberately done because um, they'd worked out that Jordan Bowery uh, was he's quite a good header of the ball, and they were using him as an out ball, pretty much like we've done Tom Bloxham on the right hand side, and so Jacob was winning those headers. And the second masterstroke was that Jordan Bowery's not brilliant at tracking back, so. Uh, so uh, Jacob, Jacob was winning the headers and then encouraged to get forward. And uh, watching it, there was sort of like astonishment in the crowd when Jacob kept overlapping and was getting crosses in, etc. And that's why I say the, the style has definitely changed because um, Joel was doing the same on the right-hand side. And that's the first time this season I've seen both our fullbacks over the halfway line at the same time, virtually. Yeah, I think... You got to say Jacob's introduction at left back was probably one of the more than it was. It was an afternoon full of positives, obviously, but Jacob yeah. at left back was was up there was one of the big positives, and I think uh, a new signing. I know, yeah, it was amazing. Like like, like say the way he was able to deal with with a big with a big hey. lad like uh, you yeah, John Bowery. Uh but then it was interesting because I thought uh, being a centre back naturally, you you do expect him to kind of come inside a bit more and being as good. Good, uh, as good yeah. in the ball he is, he can kind of step into those midfield areas and kind of put an extra man there. And obviously, Adam Mayer is somebody you can kind of back to go go it alone out wide as well. But obviously, like you say, there were times when he was kind of flying down the wing on the outside. You've got Joel on the other flank, Joel Senior on the other flank, who kind of very very much it's in his nature to kind of fly down the wing. He comes central quite a lot as well. He's ended up in kind of like almost like number ten kind of positions just around the edge of the box quite frequently and. You know, it, it's so great to see there's affluency and the way that kind of players were rotating. I remember there was a couple of passages of play where Chris Stokes uh, kind of carried the ball out. Jacob covered for him a bit. And carried on Stokes, going. Yeah, yeah, Chris Stokes has carried on going, dropped into the middle, maybe a, a, a little bit more cautiously than Jacob, overlapped a little bit down the left-hand side. So, you know, it was really good to see. Actually, probably worth giving a shout to uh, Chris Stokes because I thought, you know, we're, we're playing... He's he's not known for his pace, really, is he? He's, he's known for his his kind of experience and intelligence, and I thought his, I think his technique is really, really tidy, and I think he showed all yeah, that. His kind distribution's of, good. Yeah, his distribution. I think he, despite you know the fact that we're pushing a few more numbers forward and pressing a bit higher, him and Faz dealt really well with the kind of with the fact that they had to push a bit higher at the pitch as well. And I thought what, what Stokes yeah. as well as he kind of he reads the play, he steps forward into the play, and takes those touches. And I remember there's 
uh, you know, one particular moment that stands out is when uh, Slews had that shot from range that's been well saved by their keeper. That's come from Stokes stepping out of the fence, just kind of calmly collecting the ball, knocking it forward, and then you know we've been able to spring an attack from there. So really, really positive to see. And oh, oh, oh just before I forget, another player's done really well. Uh, you know, Jake Taylor coming into midfield, getting a full ninety on himself, like. That's such good news. Hopefully, last, hopefully, last two yeah. games, last two games, and you, I know you liked my. I did put the tweet. He could be such an important player for us, Jake, till the end of the season if he can stay fit. Absolutely, they do him on the pod. Every time he comes on the pod, he gets injured. Don't yeah, 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 we yeah, can't have him on the podcast anyway. <laughs> he's, he's getting injured. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to be honest, Gwion, everybody who comes on gets bloody injured, so don't get injured. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, Jake, it's lovely to see him back. And he can be so influential for us because he's such a good footballer and he, he just he mixes it really well. He goes short, he goes long, he can dribble, and it's lovely to see him back. We really have missed him. No, 100 percent You know, the way he kind of drops deep and pings it about a bit, then can gonna get forward, come to the edge of the box, create from there, you know, so much to his game. And yeah, fingers crossed we'll get a bit he'll get a bit more luck with injuries for the remainder of the season. But I, I suppose to sum it up, um, before we move on to discuss the MK Dons and the crew games, I, I, to sum it up, our equaliser uh, was a, a, a thing of beauty. Adam Mears threw ball to the flying left winger that is Jan Songo. <laughs> 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 Which was like, you know, you were saying they were all switching positions and of all people to be out on the left-hand side. But Charlie Brown was making, literally making his way in at the back post like a steam train and Jan just looked looked up knocked it in first time perfect ball and that was like that was a sort of premiership standard goal there just on the sort of on the counter wasn't it yeah it was really really fantastic I mean like you say it's not uh it's not where it's not really, really where you expect Jan to be popping up but uh I don't know maybe I've noticed him in recent weeks he's actually started wearing his socks a little bit lower like Jack Grealish so uh Maybe we'll start to see a bit more of that kind of stuff from Jan. But, like, you know, for somebody who is, you know, traditionally a defensive-minded player, uh, Jan was popping up all over the pitch. I know obviously it tends to be, you know, it was obviously tending to be uh, Adams and Taylor a bit more popping up. But, you know, Jan was making his fair share of inroads forward. So, yeah, just great to see the kind of the team all buying into how they're trying to play at the moment. Shows the depth of the squad as well, you know. Just we've got, you know, we've got a good first eleven that have been playing nearly every game, I suppose, for the first half of the season. You know, we've got the new players coming in, but we've also got the, the players who've been here for a while, like Charlie Brown and yeah, and, and the like, who've done, who've done really well when they come in. And Donald Love's going to come back in the next couple of weeks or next week, and that'll be like a new signing again. Exactly, so that's nine. And I was I was delighted for Charlie Brown because he he did put the effort in during the day, and, and I was thinking, well, you know, he's he's worked. He's worked his plums off. I just hope he can get half a chance and break. Jed, Jed says Jed's he's absolutely brilliant. He's been brilliant training all season. Absolutely brilliant. But, yeah. but Michael Michael Mellon's been there keeping out the team. Yeah, exactly. So looking ahead to Saturday, um, before we actually started recording, uh, Guion's now aware of our fantastic record at MK Dons. Fantastic, <laughs> Guion. Um, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> hopefully we can change that. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Now, obviously, listening to the gaffers, the, the gaffer, we were saying he's, he's subtly changed our tactics. Um, I think he's fairly unsubtly said that we're going to go there and get three points. So it looks like we're going to have a go, Joel, which would be nice for a change. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're such a good side at the moment, MK Dons and Fair. So, you know, I bumped, I actually bumped into a. Uh, into JJ McKinnon in, in Sainsbury's in Lancaster on Christmas Eve, so the day after they, they beat us. And he was saying, you know, 
how much he rated them and how he's faced their manager before. <laughs> I mean, sorry, when he was in the National League, when uh, when he was in charge of Gateshead. So, you know, they're, they're a good side. They've done really well with the latest managerial appointment. It's paying dividends, but I think Jed alluded to it in an interview uh, last week. I can't remember when exactly, but, you know, we are looking at how we played against Mansfield. We are a bit of a different side to the side that took took uh, MK Donson at home. And I thought we, we did a decent job against him. I think yeah. I think Guil mentioned it before we we came on. They've got a big pitch, and with the yeah. way we want to press that, yeah, that'll that'll it'll be our work. But you know, hopefully we've got it in you know in the squad to get in their faces. We've added a bit more depth as well, which is important because on that kind of size of pitch, you know, you're probably going to you you maybe going to look at uh, rotating things around after about sixty six to five minutes as well to keep those legs fresh and keep the play you know, keep the energy up. So. Yeah, it's going to be a tricky one. Obviously, you know they're a good side and they're at home and they're on a fantastic run at the moment. They've got good players, but you know if we put in a similar standard of performance as we did against uh, Mansfield, then you know we'll make a good game of it. And Guion, have we? Uh, have we? Presumably, we've done some prep on them and look at how they play and what we can do to stop them and how we and and some of the uh, areas we can get out of them. Yeah, um, I think it's just been clever when probably a different game to Mansfield. I think obviously we're away from home. I think it's been clever when when to press, maybe setting a few traps, maybe a little bit different to Mansfield. Obviously I think MK teams that I've played in the last few years, they obviously got a similar style. I'm guessing they still play the similar style of football and would they do really well. So I think it's been clever when knowing when to go in the right areas and obviously saving your energy. Otherwise, you're just going to be chasing the chasing the ball. So it's it's obviously at Swansea. I think we had good shape against them, who passed the ball nicely on the big pitch. And I think first half, some of the second half, we had good structure of when to go and and maybe we could have done a bit more in their faces. I think we can take a lot of positive from a Swansea game into the into the MK game, and hopefully we can we can change that run of results and get three points. Yeah, it'd be nice to get anything, Charlie. I mean, I was joking. Uh, some some fan put on uh, one of the Facebook pages that uh, you know our record against them is is absolutely bloody awful, which it is. And I and I I I, I actually jokingly said I'd take a one 0 defeat as a moral victory because that would be about the, the best best result we've had against them in a few oh, seasons. It's depressing. They don't score a goal every the last couple of years. Every time you go there. It's so different, right? Because it, the, the, the Mazuma, it's really intense crowd, close to the pitch and quite for the space. It's, even though we've got the same amount of fans, because of the size of the stadium, it seems like it's really, really full and really on top of you. You go there, there's a similar number of fans in a massive, massive stadium. It's really, really quiet. The pitch yeah. is about twice the size of the Mazuma. So <laughs> I just feel sorry for the players having to run around all the time. And they've got their game plan, but they play there all the time. It's so different to, it's so different to our pitch. It's really yeah. hard to play. Um, and then uh, and they just run and run and run and run. And, and they, you know, they've generally had quite good finishes the last couple of years. And yes. um, they, they just uh, they get a couple of chances in 90 minutes. But we've actually do, the thing is, we, we don't, we don't lose, I think we've lost four at home a couple of times, but away we won just 2 0, 2 0, 3 0 or something. But that's probably two or three chances in the whole 90 minutes on a massive, massive pitch. They yeah. just slot them away. So uh, hopefully we'll be all right. But um, Mustin's mascot on Saturday, so if we bring some, bring some, uh, bring some luck. No, fingers crossed. 
So after that one, it doesn't get any easier, Joel. We've got uh, the rearranged crew game. That was rearranged for um, the international duty that uh, most of our loanees were away on, and JJ. Um, and uh, crew going well as well. Um, they score a lot. Every time I seem to watch football league show, Elliot Nevitt bags for them in the last minute. And I'm like, they've got some stamina. And lads, they keep going, don't they? So that will be tricky because they're, they're, they're flying, aren't they, at the moment, crew? Yeah, the crew, crew, um, crew, um, they do well. They, um, they've always had a good, good side. They always bring a few lads through, don't they, through the years. But I think it's probably another, it's not probably another game we can probably get a result from. I think if we stick, obviously we've got a few new players in, and obviously the, as you said, the styles changed a little bit. So I think as the weeks go on, now I think everyone's going to settle in, uh, me included, and obviously getting used to all that. And I think. The phases of play, I think they're going to get better as we grow as a team. I think going into these games now, I think obviously, I think if you get the free free basics right, you're working hard, solid solid shape behind the ball, and then you have that quality quality on the ball when you're in those in those areas to get the crosses in and goals, which we've been working on, get the balls into wide areas and get crosses into the box. So I think there's no reason why we can't go to MK and get the result, but I think it's important. When you go to these away games, you've got to come out with it with at least a point, and then you've got to make sure you win your home games. Yeah, and and like I say, crew they have had a, a happy knack of scoring late late goals, as I said, Joel. Now you switched on, and uh, it it's uh, it's going to be a tough game. They they as Graham said, they tend to always play a similar a really passing game of football. Uh, which should, should suit us because now now we've suddenly turned into this beautiful ball playing butterfly from uh, from the Derek Ball chrysalis. Um, it could be an interesting game. Yeah, I think uh, you know with Crew they they score quite a lot, but they concede quite a lot, and uh, they've been they've been a bit of a surprise package this season. You know, I think a lot of people had them kind of tip to maybe be struggling towards the bottom of the division, but in quite a strong lead too. They've managed to punch their way up, and you know they're getting. You know, getting quite a lot of goals. They've just signed uh, Josh Osterfield, who obviously we all know from last season. He's a good player in the field. So, yeah, I think probably going to be quite a quite somewhat well matched in sales. If I'm if I'm perfectly honest, just looking at some of yes, their um, looking at some of their numbers and, and looking at the way that kind of Jed seems to be trying to take the team a bit. But uh, yeah, at the end of the day, I think I, I I say it pretty much every week. But at home, I, I really do have quite a lot of confidence in, in us. You know the way that we do kind of get on top of teams like we did against Mansfield, you know, all the way going back to when we were struggling in League One, we, we the way we get on top of teams at home was, uh, you know, really impressive. So, yeah, it's, it, again, it's, I think, like like Guion said, you know, with, with the away games, you, you're kind of looking to at least come away with a point. Obviously, you want to go for the win, but you can take the point of the bill from there. But uh, at home and, and the way we kind of get on top of people, you know, it's, Flying out the traps for three points, I think. It's a good opportunity, Charlie, because obviously we've um <laughs> it's, it's been pointed out by more than one fan that we had the opportunity to go second when we played Barrow in October. Mm. We took 900 fans there, got beat, and we've never been anywhere near that since. Uh, and now we find ourselves uh, in the lower half of the table, but with games in hand. Um it obviously You'd rather have the points, but it is quite handy having having the games. And 
Hopefully, Josh Osterfield and Ryan Cooney will remember where their loyalty lies. And Ryan, I've seen Ryan Cooney smash it in his own net last week, so hopefully, he can do that again. Just so closely, let's see where we are. Let's let's see where we are at the end of the season. Let's try as many games as possible and see where we are at the end of the season. You know, everyone's panicking. We look at the league table now. We've got three three games and two games, one game, two games, two games, one game. Game one against everyone against MK Dons. They're probably gonna. Let's be honest. They're probably gonna probably gonna be right up there, aren't they? Anyway, so. There's seven seven points between between six. Well, we're sixteenth. Eighteenth, thirty three points, and, and and eighth is forty one points. So close. It is. So it, it, it's it's not going to take much. Uh, three yeah. wins on the bounce, and all of a sudden you're back in the mix Come again. On, our, our games in hand are Crew and Crawley at home, right? Yeah. Is that right? And Warsaw, Warsaw, Warsaw at home as well, isn't it? Warsaw away. Warsaw away. Right. Okay. So so that's, you've got to be thinking. You've got to be hoping. If we're going to do well to get five, five, six points out of that, and then, and then, and then we're one short of the playoffs. So when yeah. when you look at when you look at us in, I mean, obviously this week, this week we've signed uh, Jed Garner, uh, a, a sort of um, what do you call him, a traditional centre forward, I suppose he is really, isn't he? Yeah. He's he's a bigger presence than Mickey Mellon, isn't he? I I don't know actually. I mean, he is a bigger presence than Mickey Mellon, but I was listening to. Uh, the Jed's interview earlier today, and, and he mentioned that uh, one of the key factors in, in why he likes it, why he kind of like wanted to go for Jed, is because he's got a bit of pace and he likes to yeah, play the shoulder and get him behind and stuff. So, you know, I think there were a couple of moments when Slew was fantastic on Saturday. You know, he held the ball up really well. You know, he, pre- he pressed, he worked really hard. But it's his, it, his game is very much to kind of, not too dissimilar to Carl Stockton, which I'll probably talk about in a second, but... Uh, you know, his, his, his game is, you know, to kind of take the ball in, hold it up, bring others into play like that when he's playing down the middle. And it, it sounds like Jed's maybe looking for somebody as well who can maybe turn and play off the shoulder and get him behind a bit more, stretch the fence. A bit, when a bit, a bit. Yeah, yeah, well, not not necessarily mobile, but maybe just kind of getting him behind a little bit more. And that that's more about his kind of style of game. So that seems like, sounds like that's been a bit of a reason why Jed Garner's been somebody who's come in and just, you know, for all the coal rumours that have been floating around over the other coal talk that's been floating around over the past week, yeah, he's a fantastic player, but he's not going to be running in behind. So, uh, no, true enough. Yeah. So, because that's what I was saying, I think that this this year, League League Two is, is, is definitely more entertainment than League One. It's probably nearly as good as standard. League One's pretty drab this year with the with the with the with the, with the bottom half of the table. And you, in League Two, you've got Tram. Grimsley scored five against Notts County. Yeah. Five goals against Notts County in there. They're like 20th or something. Yeah. They beat, they beat us quite comfortably. 3-2 three, three in the end, didn't they? So, 19th best team yeah. in League Two. Scored yeah. five goals against Notts County last week. It was so I, I, have to, I have to say I agree with you. I think that, um, this league's... The, obviously, we got promoted out of this league sort of three seasons ago and it, the quality wasn't like this. Yeah. Bradford's pretty good in their 14th. Yeah, there is yeah. there is better quality lower down. There is definitely. But looking at looking at what you've done in training this week, obviously you've uh Guion, you've you've had Jed. Uh obviously there's a couple of new lads who, who've come in uh and done a little bit so far. Um when you signed, you, you know, were you thinking we can have a, a, a go at the playoffs here, or were you just thinking I'm just gonna consolidate? No, I think in my head, I think I've signed. 
I want to push for playoffs. I think as a player, you want you want to be competing for something, don't you? You want to be you want to be up and around it. So in my head, I've come in, and I think same as the whole the whole squad and the manager, we want to be pushing to be in and around the playoffs. So like I said, we've got the games in hand. I think it's important we win the games in hand, and I think in this league, like. I think anyone can beat anyone on the day. I think, as it's shown on when we played Mansfield, we we matched them and probably we were the better team. So I think if we 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 play how we did against Mansfield, I think we're going to give most teams in this league a good game. And I think you get a run of games, back to back wins. You can build build momentum, and you'll see if we get those two or three wins, the table can change quite quickly, and you'll be back up amongst it so I think it's important we can get those games in hand get the three points there and slowly start pushing back at the table Well looking at the signings we've made uh, obviously six in a little over a fortnight Joel uh, you know some some people obviously Guion is probably the the uh, what you call the marquee signing because we've actually, a, actually heard of him and he's actually had a decent career at a decent level, whereas everybody else is sort of like not necessarily tried and tested. Obviously, Jed Garner's had uh, a, a good base at Fleetwood and, and Barrow played good money for him, so we'll be interested to see how he does. Uh, but obviously, the two lads that, that, that have been announced today, Brandon Barker, he looks um, he looks like he's got some pace about him. I, I was watching his uh, show reel with his gold, gold for Preston and what have you, and I was thinking, blimey, you know, um, I, we did get a message through off a, a Preston fan saying uh, he's a great player, but he's got hamstrings like breadsticks, <laughs> which uh, I, I suppose he means the snap now and again. But somebody with his pace, but he's been about a bit. Um, so he, he's added a little bit with Jed, Guion and Brandon. He's added a little bit of experience there. And obviously we've got uh, Caden Harrak and, and Joe Adams and Archie Mayer are all coming in sort of like... Uh, shall we say a little bit un- untried and untested? So there's a little bit, a little bit of youth and a little bit of experience, which is probably the experience is what we needed, Joel. Yeah, it's good. I think it's a good mix we brought in. You know, <laughs> I, I was saying before for the podcast, and I probably it's not just a but agree or not, but uh, I think our, our options out wide, we probably we probably upgraded them to be honest. Now with the uh, with Graham coming in, and obviously now uh, Brandon Barker coming in, he's he's got great pedigree. He's obviously got a lot of talent and a lot of, a lot of ability. So, you know, with Guillaume, Brandon Barker, and you know Adam Mayer and, and and people out wide, you know, we've got some really really good options. And like you say, a bit of experience in there as well. Like you know, I know Barker's not always had loads of game time, but he's got quite a good number of number of appearances at a good level as well. So that can't be sniffed at. He's come through Man City's academy. Then, like, like you say, we you know, there's a couple of people who are younger, who are a bit more untried and tested, you know, like you say, Joe Adams, but that didn't seem to be too much of a problem for him coming in on Saturday. And you'd like to think he'll only get better as he kind of gels with, with, with the rest of his teammates and, you know, just gets, understands what it's like to play in a kind of a, you know, in a senior match a bit more. And, you know, as, and I'm sure he'll only improve. And then, uh, you know, he's sent back coming in, he's played with Jacob at, uh, for, for Grenada, so I'm sure yeah. already, there's already a strong partnership there. So yeah, it's it's a good kind of mix of people we've gotten in the door. We've gotten a bit of experience that we needed, but we're also you know got some kind of fresher, younger prospects who are looking to make an impression. So 
exciting to see how they all do over the next kind of half season. It, it sort of tickled me uh, this week that obviously we, we do see, I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to, you know, a, a, all fans' opinions are, are perfectly valid, but there has been a, there was a bit of a, um, shall we say, uh, a bit of a moaning session when we signed Jed Garner to allow Cole to go to Barrow. And uh, it's like a couple of people said, how far have we fallen where we're borrowing players off Barrow? And I thought, I thought, A, that was, look where Barrow are in the league and the job they're doing and the money they're spending. So I thought that was quite patronising to Barrow because uh, obviously, you know, they're probably in a better financial situation than we are and they're still getting pretty good crowds, et cetera, et cetera. But obviously the main point was Cole going to Barrow because obviously... Um, as a, a player who perhaps didn't do himself justice for three quarters of a season last season, suddenly came alive in the sort of like last 10, eight, nine games. And very five games. <laughs> well, yeah, but um, he, he did have a couple of games where he, he went close once or twice and put a good shift in and didn't score. But obviously you do you do look at that. But um, I mean, you know, he, he's, a, he's a dangerous fish, he's called. And uh, we played Barrow on Easter Monday. That could be quite an interesting baptism of fire for him because I don't think many people will welcome him back after his season last season. But, I mean, fair play to Barrow. They're taking the risk. Obviously, Charlie, it, it was it was alluded to next week. I asked James on the podcast and he said it had been muted, but that it was possibly more money than we could afford. And uh, apparently that's what it's turned out to be, hasn't it? So, uh, you know, good luck to Barrow and good luck to Cole. I... I I hold nothing against him. Um, it is what it is. You know, footballers are footballers. And um, if his agents told him he deserves to be on this money and should be playing at higher level, more fool him for listening. That's all I'll say. Joel? Yeah, Jed's, Jed's got a budget. He's trying to work out who he wants. He's got just a bit like a jigsaw puzzle and he'll try and fit, fit what he can. You know, he thinks he can get, you know, um, a better tune out of a different, different, different puzzle pieces than that. So... Yeah. And, and he, he did look at him, and he looked at him, but he, 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 for one reason or another, he's not here, and we move on, and uh, all the best to Jed Jr. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we can only hope, can't we, really? Yeah. It's worth saying the point I made before, you know. Jed, one, one of the things that Jed mentioned about Jed uh, is that he likes to run in behind a little bit more. So, you know, sometimes it's... And that, that seems to be the kind of thing that uh, Jed Senior is going for. So, and that's, I like that, that Jed Senior. <laughs> and like that's, that. not, that's, that's not really part of Cole's game. So, you know, on a kind of cold footballing kind of picture of it, you know, tactically, if he's a player that works better, and at the end of the day, you know, I don't really care where he comes from or what other move he opened up for another club as long as he plays well for us. Yeah. Exactly. That's all that matters. We shouldn't, shouldn't let rivalries or whatever get in the way of making a half decent transfer and getting a good player in so yeah look forward to seeing what he does so it, it's funny isn't it because we, we've we've now got um with the addition of Guion and, and particularly uh, you know um adam adam's pretty quick and uh, joe adams is pretty quick and Guion, you were you were like a, a you were like a whippet last week at the Mazuma. Are you like that every week, or are you, or are you just showing off because it was your first home game? <laughs> yeah, no, I try. I try to be. Um, yeah, no, I am pretty quick, so I like running behind and obviously getting the ball in the pocket. So, yeah, I try. I try to keep it up for ninety minutes. So that's what. Um, that's kind of what my game's about, really. 
taking people on, getting crosses in the box or getting in little pockets where you can maybe turn and get out players or pick a pass and get, get shots off. See, that's, that's uh, that immediately that makes logical sense with what you said, Joel, now, because uh, Jed Garner is obviously a quicker centre-forward, so he needs to be quicker to get catch catch Guion's crosses because he's going to be beating people and smashing balls in. You need people like that in. But um, to come to you now, Guion, uh, you've had a. You must have been must have been a bit strange for you making your first appearance for us at Swansea when you started your career at Swansea. Yeah, it's um, it was a bit strange with fair. Obviously, I knew I knew the fixture was was there when when I obviously come in to train, and obviously when I got the contract signed, it was it was kind of nice that my first game was well, kind of going home to to play. So it was nice. I had some friends and family, which obviously was close to home, that could come and watch. So. It was nice to get back on the pitch after so long and obviously to be on the pitch against the team I come through at was was quite nice. I still know a few few of the staff and a couple of the players there, so it was it was nice to see them and shame about the result. But I think as a team, I think we went there and we actually played quite well and maybe on another day we that first half, I think I think if we were to go into that game again, we might have been a bit more how we played against Mansfield, maybe kind of got in their faces a little bit more than what we did. I think we showed a little bit too much respect. But yeah, for me it was it was nice to go back in and it was nice to to get my debut and to be back on the pitch again. And then obviously you've had you've had some success. You had the the Wales uh, under 21s, which is fantastic. And then you you've been in the Welsh squad three times, but but and, and been on the subs bench and he never got on it. Was that frustrating or was it just great being there? Um, a bit of both, really. I think, I think as you as you get older, you look back and it was at the time I was to be picked for your country is it's unbelievable. It's a, it's a great feeling, and obviously the players they had at the time and the success that, that they were getting. It was just nice to be part of the squad and. It was a great experience. Obviously, I was still young, but I think it was frustrating because, honestly, I, I believe I probably should have got a cap. But it's still nice to be involved, and especially the the quality of players we had at the time and the success, success they had through the Euros. I think it was nice just to be part of it. But yeah, it is frustrating. But when you look back, to be involved in in those well three games, whatever it was, and being on the bench and Obviously, you've got the likes of Aaron Ramsey, Gareth Bale, just being in and around them in the camp and training. And it was a good experience, which probably learnt a lot from. Well, I'm going to say you, you, you've got some, uh, you must have some fantastic memories of that. Because the simple fact is, as you said, that was proper, probably Wales's most successful side just about since the 1958 World Cup, really. Yeah. Um, yeah, they were obviously throughout the years, they were. They were building and building, and they had that run in the Euros, and even up to now, they're still maybe they they've dropped off it a little bit, but they've got some really really good young players coming through, which hopefully they can go again and and reach what they did a couple of years ago. But yeah, it was a, it was a great experience. I think I think anyone who goes away of their country, whoever it is, it's it's it's, a, it's an honour to be a part of it and get that call up, and obviously it's. It would have been amazing to get on get on the pitch if it was thirty seconds yeah. a minute. But yeah, yeah. I say in two minutes at the end, it'd have been sort of like a lifetime's dream, really. Because yeah, you know, you being a, a sort of proud Welshman, and, and and particularly at that time, 
that would have been a fantastic, fantastic honour. But yeah, like said, nobody can take the memories off you, can they? No, I think obviously, I think when you when you do get a little bit older, and I think maybe probably when I eventually retire, hopefully in ten years or whatever it is, you look back and you can you can say I was a part a part of that squad. Um, would have been nice to be on the pitch, obviously, and who knows if I'd made it on the pitch, I might have made it into the into the Euro squad, but you can still look back and say he was a part of it and he was in and around the squad with with top quality players. And and looking at you, obviously you, you went on loan to <laughs> I presume you I presume you, you changed car quite a lot because you, you got to St Johnston, Crawley, Peterborough, Ipswich, Wigan, Ross County, and then us. And I'm looking at that thinking, bloody hell, you put some miles in. Are you do you like driving? <laughs> uh, I don't mind it to be fair. Um yeah, the the Scotland ones they were far. Um, I think growing up, I think I moved to Swansea when I was sixteen, which I lived about an hour and a half away from Swansea. So I had to move at a young age to to Swansea, which you have to grow up really quickly, which I think was quite important for me. So when I moved at sixteen, every other move I had was you're not really thinking, oh, it's too far. You just you kind of just go with it, and especially in football, you can you can end up anywhere. So I think. If you are moving clubs now, I think, I think I say to young lads now, I said, obviously Joe's coming here now. It's not too far from Wigan, but I think it's important as a young lad you you take the opportunities that are there for you at the time, and if it means moving away, it's only going to better your career and you're going to get experience from living away, kind of out of your comfort zone. So, yeah, I've been. I think I'm ticking off quite a lot of places in the country, but um, <laughs> yeah, but it's. No, it's been good. I think every club I've been at, it's been it's been a great experience, and I've learned every club I've been at, I've learned on and off the pitch from people at the club, staff, players, and just just day to day life from living away from friends and family. So it's it's probably helped me a lot in in my career and my life. And and looking at the, um, I, I I go on to. I go on to look at um, message boards from the clubs that you played for, and you were you were particularly popular at, at you seem to be really popular at Ipswich, really popular player at Ipswich, and I suppose because they had sort of a, a reasonable amount of success, uh, and the same at Peterborough, um, and the feedback that they were that, that that you get off them is that you were always a wholehearted player and give your all and etc. Uh, etc. Et that must, I mean, obviously you don't read your own press, but it must be nice uh, when, you know, somebody says to you, oh yeah, I remember you playing for Ipswich, or I remember you playing for Peterborough, and you were you were popular with the fans. Is that because you're an exciting winger and you take people on and get crosses in? Um, is it is because it you, you you work back and get tackles in as well, or what? What do you think? It's probably working back and putting tackles in, probably. <laughs> um, no, nah, I think it's a bit of both. I think, I think as I've grown up, I think... To be a to be a professional footballer, I think you just you, you're lucky. It's every kid's dream to be to be a footballer as you're growing up. So I think you've got to train hard every day and play every game as if it's your last, because it it could be the last training session you do, it could be the last game you play. So I think you've got to put everything in to training, and then you take that into the game. And I think I think any game I play in, if I'm playing well or playing, if I'm not having such a great game, I. The, the work rate is always there and if you put the work rate if you put the work rate in I think whatever job you're doing if you're not putting the work in then 
you're not going to get the success or anything after it. So I think that's important. I think every club I've been at, I've worked hard if it's going forward to the ball or tracking back to help the team, which you don't see too many wingers tracking back really and putting tackles in. But I think growing up with with two older brothers, I think I had to kind of look after myself. So I think I took that into football and <laughs> kind of learned, it taught me to to get stuck in. So yeah, I think yeah, I think every club I've been at, I've enjoyed enjoyed every club I've been at, and all the fans have been great with me and. It's it's nice to hear that that feedback from from fans previous clubs I've been at. And let's let's hope. Well, obviously, your two appearances so far, you've been really impressive for us. So let's hope. Uh, you know, obviously, you've got a, a contract till the end of the season, um, uh, and we, we we do get lots and lots of lots of players who who come in for short terms. And um, I, I like to think it's, it's quite cathartic coming to Morecambe because you you realise well hang on a minute here this is a nice little family club and I can I can you know somebody we've had so many people come after shall we say checkered injury career or had a bad luck with injury or whatever yeah, and they've rehabilitated here and gone gone I don't mean this nastily but gone on to better things because obviously. From your point of view, you've still got plenty of years left in you, haven't you? So you'd be looking at hopefully getting your getting your name back out out there as well. I've made twenty five appearances from Morecambe, and come the summer you'll be like, right, okay, you know, uh, let's let's see what's on offer because obviously it's a short career. You've got to look after yourself, haven't you? Yeah, of course. I think um, I think obviously the the injury at the back end of last season and the few months before at Wigan. I think obviously everyone knows. The situation at the Wigan, Wigan at the time, obviously not getting paid. The owners were selling the club, and then obviously they they got relegated in the end. Whilst I was on loan at Ross County, but it was a difficult, say nine, well, say twelve months really, from being a Wigan on loan in, in injury. So obviously worked worked hard to through the rehab and to get myself and keep myself in top shape and come back. So yeah, I think obviously when. When the chance come to come to train with Morecambe, obviously I'm, I'm I don't live too far away, so I thought perfect, and I've obviously checked up a few of the games, and then obviously spoke to the manager and come into training, and I've seen the quality of players we had at training, and not that it took me some by surprise, but I thought the way we want to play football and some of the players, it, it suited me really well, the type of player I am. But yeah, I think obviously I think just taking little steps at a time. I've just come back, played a few games. So my first thought is to try and help Morecambe and get us back in the playoffs. And whatever happens then after that is yeah. we'll, we'll have to wait and see. But obviously in my head now is can we as a team creep up the table and get in the playoffs and hopefully get success from that? I sincerely hope so. I'm going to hand you over to Joel now. We'll ask you something far more um, in depth. Well, I was, I was actually just going to go going to go off one of the things you mentioned about where where you like to pop up in terms of positions. Because I think I was listening to a, a football podcast the other day, and they were talking about how you're getting a lot more wingers who seem to be able to go both ways around the player. Because I, I remember when I was growing up, it was all about getting around down the outside, your man getting across him, and then. As he kind of got into the 2010s, you've got that kind of rise of people who like to drift in the field, like David Silver and and whatnot. But 
uh, they were mentioning about how a lot of wingers these days like to kind of try and go both ways. And, and and what you said before kind of reminded me of that. And do you see yourself as somebody who kind of both likes to get around the outside and whip across him, but also pop up in those little half spaces and try and create from there? Yeah, I think I think obviously the game's evolved since probably since I started my career. And I think as I started my career, I think as a young player, you're just thinking, hug the touchline and be wide as you can to take someone and get across him. But I think over the years it's involved, you see the top teams now, you might have the fullback come inside or the fullback is overlapping, the winger comes inside. But I think for me, it depends how the game's going. If if I can get the ball wide, that gives me space to get um, and get crosses in the box. And But then sometimes you think you've got to mix your game up because if you do the same thing over and over, the fullback or the winger, they're going to know exactly what you're going to do. And so I think it's important to mix it up. And I think if we can, if I can pop up in maybe the pockets where the 10 might be, and like we said about the strikers running behind, if he's taking him that way, maybe it might be a, if I pop it inside, it might not mean I might, I might not get the ball, but it creates that space for someone else. If it's, if it's Joel or whoever it is playing fullback to get down the outside and, if I can get on the ball, slide them, or I can slide the striker or get a shot off myself, or if I'm wide, I can get crosses in. I think it's important to mix it up as a team. I think obviously Saturday, I think we've done that quite well, especially in the first half. There was a lot of rotation where Joel got down the outside, got a few crosses, or I was out on the outside and I popped up inside. So I think it's getting the right balance depending on the game and you kind of give the defenders you kind of question him, does a fullback want to come inside to mark me? Probably doesn't want to come inside. So then if he doesn't come in with me, then I've got space to turn. If he does, then there's space in behind to for someone else to run in behind and get across him or get a shot off. Quite interesting hearing you talk about that because I think something that never really gets discussed very much is that kind of you don't actually have to be touching the ball to be doing quite a vital bit of yeah. work to try and open up a team, doesn't it? You know, just that 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 dummy run or that kind of taking the t- making the player move out of their position. It, it it's vital to kind of making the team work, isn't it? Yeah. I think it's important you get the you get the right structures. Like I said, when you get the ball you got the right quality on the ball to to have that end product. And I think if sometimes especially as a strike, if you're playing you're playing up top the ball might come into you and you got to hold it and maybe lay it off and you have runners off it. But I think sometimes, especially in League Two, I think you've got to stretch your game a little bit, running behind, and you might make 10 runs and get the ball twice, but you've moved the defender and then maybe that odd, that odd ball goes over the top and you're in. But you're creating space for your midfielders to get on the ball and then the striker then gets in the box. So it's I think the movement... Which we, I thought Saturday we did we did quite well, and I think over the next couple of weeks, I think as our players come in, we all start selling, working on different things in training. I think it's only going to get better, and we're all going to get used to the style of play and used to all the players we we have come in and the players are already there. I think building that bond between us, I think as the weeks go on, it's going to slowly get better, and we're going to know it's going to be. It's just going to be natural to us, which maybe at the minute it's not too natural, but I think we've started off well and I think 
like I said, over the next couple of, couple of weeks, we'll only get better, which will help us going into the games. So kind of looking at that, the having that, I think you mentioned it, having individual quality in those certain moments. So kind of looking at back on the Mansfield again, there was a, it was a good few times when you managed to quite nicely bait your man, your man in and then obviously nick it past him. So obviously the, the most fun part of it was obviously dribbling. Uh, <laughs> so when you're looking to take on a player, how what what kind of gaps are you looking for? What what kind of things are you looking for? Is it kind of instinctive how you take people on, or are you looking for somebody to try to work out what what gap they might believe in, or are you trying to are you trying to bait a player to commit? Kind of what what what's the kind of like way of trying to get around the player when, um, when you take them on? I think it it depends on it depends on the actual situation. I think if I think it just happens naturally. I think if the ball's come into you and he's tied to you, then chances are he's going to nick a ball off you. So you're kind of looking for that, maybe a, a layoff or maybe round the corner to the striker. Or if you've got 10 yards of space, then you've got a bit of space to run at him. And if you could do fear with me, if it's spacing behind, I can just knock it and run. Chances are I'm going to beat most fullbacks in a in a race. So, But it's just mixing your game up. You, you do that five, six times in a the game, they're going to know, right, they're going to close that spacing behind. So that's where maybe you might go inside and maybe look to play around the corner or maybe a one-two of someone. But I think Saturday we played we played some nice football with maybe I think I slid Joe down the channel a few times and Joe done it quite well. He knocked it he knocked it past on the outside a few times. So I think it's just knowing when knowing when to take your man on and maybe knowing when to play it safe and be patient with the ball. So kind of looking at uh back at something that you kind of mentioned already a bit about how things have changed over, over over the course of your career and and what you've obviously like had a career that spanned all three tiers of you know the EFL and and you know you've had quite a lot of experience kind of going back to the early 2010s and stuff so what what are the things that you kind of seen change the most over the course of your kind of professional career um i think growing up at Swansea helped helped a lot under under Brendan Rodgers and even before Brendan you had you had a we had some really good managers there and after it as well. I think learning, obviously everyone knew Swansea back then, they were, they were passing the ball, it was get the ball wide. And I think learning from them as a, as a young lad and the players we had helped me probably progress as a, as a player. And then the lone moves I had going from Swansea who were passing the ball and popping it around, who played a good style of football and maybe going to the likes of Maybe St. Johnson and Crawley. Not that it's not that it's a bad style of football, but it was a different style. Which then, I think, learning that in men's football as well, I think probably helped me. Which, if you have to go long sometimes, which sometimes you do in in games, I think then I'm not just that one style of player where oh, I can only play if we're playing nice football. So I think that helped me with my loan spells coming through Swansea. I was. I could I was comfortable on the ball, but then I'm comfortable in other styles of play as well. So through through your kind of experience, what what would you, what would you say the main kind of differences are between like championship, league one, league two? What what are the kind of main things differences there? Uh I think championship, I think every player is is every player is an athlete, especially when you get to the Premier League as well. Everyone's just super fit strong and 
they're all comfortable on the ball. And I think championship is the same. And I think maybe the, the main difference is maybe League One, some, probably some teams in League One. But as you've seen Saturday, we made a few mistakes ourselves, which if I was in the championship where they've we've lost the ball, if it was a pass or whatever it was, and they've gone on the attack. But obviously, we made some great saves and maybe got back and defended it. If it's in the championship, that's probably a goal. We're probably two, three, three down. The quality, if you give them chances away, top players in the championship don't miss them chances. They take them. And I think that's the difference between the step up. I think the quality, like I said, you got to have quality on the ball. And in the championship, when that ball, if someone's made a mistake or has been taken off somewhere and they go and attack, chances are they're getting, they're getting a goal from it. So kind of just following on for that, just, just finally... We've got quite a few young players in the squad, uh, and obviously going back a bit of a way, you're looking at your career. It's probably your, your breakthrough was probably in league. Your big breakthrough was probably in league two with Crawley. I remember, you know, when when you first signed, going back through Twitter, a lot of them, a lot of Crawley fans, kind of had you in their you know best ever EFL team. So, what what would you say is the thing that it takes some players to go from kind of breaking through at League Two level to be able to kind of progress their career up to the Championship? Um, for me personally, I think I say to a lot of young lads, like, you don't know when your career could end. It could end today, tomorrow, a week, five years, or wherever it is. But I think you've just got to work hard. I think you've just got to take each day as it comes. You've got to work hard in training. You've got to take what you do in training to a game and you got to play every game as if it's your last game because you just don't know. And I think from experiences from learning off other players, older players, when I was coming through, that was the main thing. And you see a lot of young lads now, they quite a few of them think, oh, well, I'm at a big club, I've made it. But it's not the case because it can just, it can get, I've seen lads play in the Premier League and then they've not got a contract and then there's no club one of them. So it's like, I think you can't get comfortable. I think you've always got to be you got to be chasing something. You got to, if you've played five games, doesn't mean you've made it. I think you've got to work hard, whatever league you're in. And I think if you've got a bit of talent with with working hard, I think you can have a good career wherever it is. You're gonna you're gonna make a living off playing football if you put that if you have the right attitude and work hard. You're gonna you're gonna make a career. And if you've got the talent to go with it, then I think that's where you see the differences where players do get the moves. Because they they they've put the work work in each day on the Saturday Tuesday and then the attitude's right and then that bit of talent takes them takes them to the top. Oh, really interesting stuff, thanks, Queen. Yeah, back back to you, threes. Probably a bit of luck as well, but <laughs> yeah, well, it helps as well, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, but it, it, it's like you say, there are there are many many talented players who who never get the opportunity. Yeah, uh, and they end up. I mean, you know. We, and Morecambe is a football club. We, we, you know, we've we've done really well because we've come up from non-league. I, I, when I was young, the, the my background uh, that is our old ground at Christie Park when we were playing in Northern Premier League when I started watching. Well, thanks combination actually, and then Northern Premier League and then the Conference and then you know, and we, you know, we still had sort of pretty good players in in our successful years in non-league, and quite a few of those players were they were always. Always like, oh yeah, I was on. I, I had time at Sheffield United, but it didn't quite work out. And it is just sometimes that a luck, isn't it, Gwion? Yeah, I think, I think luck, and I think 
managers change, coaches come in, and it's, it's different opinions. And you don't become a bad player overnight. Like you just you can't be a good player one day and one manager, and the manager comes in and you're not playing. Like it doesn't mean you're a bad player. It's just someone's opinion. They just don't fancy you at that moment of time. And I think that's where a lot of players find themselves in situations where, like I found it, Wigan, a few managers changed and I wasn't playing. I was, it's not because I was a bad player. It was just because no. at that time, your face probably didn't, it didn't fit in that, whatever it was, a style of play or in that manager's plans. And I think you see a lot of players who they either contract doesn't get taken because the manager's changed or a new manager's come in. You find yourself in a situation where you haven't got a club, and it's a lot of people think, well, it, it's everyone thinks football is like the dream job, which it is, but people don't see the other side of it when things aren't going so great. And I think that's where it is. Like you don't you don't become a bad player overnight. It's just an opinion of whoever is in charge at the time, and it's you've just got to wait for that opportunity where someone does give you a chance, and when you do get that chance, you've got to be. You gotta be ready to take it, so you can't like switch off. If well, this manager's in, I've not played for ten games. You can't switch off. You gotta be ready for when someone could get injured or ten minutes into the game, someone's injured and you're getting thrown on. You can't be sat there sulking. You gotta be ready for that opportunity, and when it comes, you gotta take it. Which really backs up how, how you've arrived with us, really, doesn't it? Because obviously you've grabbed the opportunity both fans because you you want to be playing again. Yeah, I think I think that's. As you grow up, I think you want to play football. You want to play in front of a crowd. Everyone wants to play in big crowds in front of thousands of people. But I think it's the opportunity, wherever it is, you, you've got to take it with both hands. And if it comes, you've got to be ready for it. And I think through the nine months of doing the rehab, obviously you get setbacks. You get setbacks in whatever job it is, life, whatever it is. And I think you've just got to have that mindset of, right, can I get through this? And you've got to be ready for when that opportunity comes, which what I've tried to do over the last nine months, get myself in good shape. And when when the time comes, you're not thinking, oh, I need another couple of weeks. You're, you're ready to go. Well, I don't want to put pressure on you, but um, you've had two really good games now. You need, <laughs> we need to cap it with a goal, preferably at Stadium MK and preferably in a win. Now, that is the biggest ask ever. <laughs> After our record, I'm, I'm not putting any pressure on. I'll, like I said, I'll, to be honest with you, if we come away with a one-one and you score, I'd be happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like like I said, I think you got you got to go to the away games looking to get at least a point. I think it, you never go into a game thinking, "Oh well, we're not going to win." You go there to to win the game, and I think when it gets to a certain period in the game, if you can win the game, you got to go for it. But sometimes if if you come away with a point, then it's not always a bad result because you've taken no, a point off the other team, especially when no. you're going to these bigger bigger teams, bigger grounds or Mansfield again. I think really that's probably a good point on Saturday against Mansfield. The probably negative is we, we probably could have got a few goals and we probably should have won the game. But again, we've, we've taken a point off a team in the top three. Long may it continue. <laughs> yeah. Right, Charlie, I'm going to come to you now. We've got a, I've got a couple of things uh, I want to tackle. Well, um, there's obviously a, a bit of a movement going on behind the scenes with supporters trying to, shall we say, galvanise support for either 
um, some sort of protest against Jason. Um, and a, a lot of people this week have been saying, you know, uh, there's a lot of um, comparisons with Reading, which I find a little bit um, strange because I don't think we're anything like Reading at the moment. Um, um, <laughs> as Joel was saying well, before we actually came on air, we're not... We're not exactly feeding our players, uh, giving them cold showers and making them eat microwave meals. So I don't think we're quite at that stage yet. But um, I, I think um, the situation we're in, I'm putting it down to losing five players in the in the uh, in the loan system. Uh, it being January and Christmas is gone. Nobody's got any money. Everybody's back at work. Everybody's depressed. Um, and uh, basically. There's a lot of unhappy fans, and I'm thinking, well, at the moment, we've we've got a lot to be positive about, and that's just me, because obviously we've got six new signings, we've just thrown with Mansfield, you're only as good as your next game, so that obviously could change, but what's the board's feelings on the uh, the the, the um, sort of like movement to get something organised to complain at Jason? Well, I'd like to know why 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 are we in the same situation as Reading? You know, it's complete. Michael Gibson put something good on on, on uh, social media today about it's it's very 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 different situation. You know, Jason, Jason wants to sell the club. <laughs> he's desperate to sell the club. He, he's not standing in anyone's way. Which if you get the right offer, the right the right um the right figure, um he's not looking for millions and billions and billions of pounds. He's looking for he's considered a fair price. I'm not sure exactly sure exactly the exact level it, it is. He hasn't said, but um, you know we're in a good situation. You know we've got a situation where we've got good team playing well, team new players coming in, new managers doing really great. John Mark's back from his health scare. Dave Fitzgerald's come in. We've got the community 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 stuff doing really well. The academy's doing really well. The, the commercials doing really well. The whole club's a great place to be, but we just need to sell the club to a new owner who's got some more cash. And Jason wants to do it. Jason's not standing in anyone's way. We've got some really, really good opportunities to try and unearth buyers. The board are getting more involved in helping out with Jason with that, which has been really useful. Um, having a protest would, would achieve nothing, apart from getting maybe a points deduction for people coming on the pitch and causing trouble. Yeah, um, I, 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 I fully I, I, appreciate. I fully, fully appreciate that people feel a bit helpless and things are going yeah. wrong. But you know, win on Saturday might all change. We're playing. It's, it's going. It's going pretty well at the moment. I think. I, I agree, and I, I don't think for a minute. I mean, uh, you know, the uh, <coughs> you know the, the general consensus is we the, the fans don't want to do anything that would damage uh, the club's reputation or get a points deduction or even a fine. Um, uh, so, you know, I, I, and I think it's in the early stages, but I, I, I tell you what you're saying there, and I know um, it's been alluded to in one of the recent podcasts that there are there are people out there who are interested still. Yeah, Pablo. Pablo the dog. Um, we want Jason out. There's a chance that Jason wants Jason out as well. Remember that, you know. He's, 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 he's <laughs> He'll probably join in. <laughs> Jason wants Jason out, you know. He, he, he wants to sell the club. He's trying to sell the club. We're trying our best yeah. to do it, help him do it. Um, and we've got some opportunities to interested parties uh, that are, are coming forward at the moment, and we're going to try and get it done. But um, there's no, no need to panic yet, you know. And uh, even if Jason was out, what, what what would we be doing differently? 
Yeah, we can't, we can't, we can't spend much more money on players because of the because of the uh, the, the, the uh, regulations to do a turnover. So it's not like if people think we can get a multi-million pound owner and bring in Messi into into Miami. It's not going to happen. You know, we we couldn't do it. We, we we can only spend so much money on players' wages and players' uh, fees. You know, um, so it's, it's no need to panic. I fully appreciate people want to be. In uh, feel, feel a bit helpless, but it's going <laughs> be positive, it's going well. Could be in the playoffs in a few weeks. So, I'll, I'll ask you another another problem question. Uh, obviously, we, we uh, appointed a new groundsman, and then um, it, unfortunately, it's not worked out with him. Where are we at with the situation with the groundsman? Well, I've got some good news about the, the ground. Good, we've won an award, we've had our highest ever pitch pitch rating ever. Came through from the EFL last week. Four point two five out of five. It's no no surprise because Rob was uh, Rob was a genius, and it's no surprise he's now at Fulham. Uh, it was always going to happen, but we we uh, we we were always very lucky with Rob because he was he was you know he 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 was his he was the Morecambe fan and he was local, but obviously with the state of the pitch when it was in sort of like October November, people were noticing it was the best it's ever been. Hundred percent, right? And Rob was a brilliant guy and really, really fantastic groundsman, right? But there are other groundsmen available. Yes, yeah. We're going to try our best to find someone. Until I'm sure the pitch isn't going to become covered in thistles in the next two two months. <laughs> We're going to find a new groundsman who's going to be as good as we can possibly find, and I'm sure he'll do. He or she will do a very, very good job. So yeah, the feelers are out. That's good. The feelers are out. We are in control of the business and the club. Yes. We know we know we're doing. We we are, we are all we are all big big fans, you know. We all we all want the club to do well. It's a very unique club in that way, as everyone knows. We're not some random geezer who's never been to the club who doesn't know what the club's all about. We care deeply about the club, and uh, we're going to help Jason find find a buyer. That's what we're going to do. So please, people, don't worry too much. Yeah, and find a groundsman. <laughs> yeah, we will find a groundsman. We'll find a groundsman. Troy Dean's just been sacked, man. No, I, I can I can cut grass, but I'm crap at it. I can't put patterns in it or anything like Troy that. Troy Dean's just been sacked, apparently. Troy Dean's just been sacked. Yeah. What for what he said about the players? Don't know. Dear Lord, Forest Green are absolute freefall. But anyway, never mind. Don't there we are. Forest Green. But by the time you watch or listen to this, you'll know what happened with Troy Dean, but it doesn't really surprise me. Uh, finally, uh, Shrimps Trust, any business? Uh, I know. I know that the, you've had a couple of a couple of letters come through from fans saying, "Can we organise something?" Is that right, Joel? Yeah, I mean it's a tricky one because I think, as has already been mentioned, you know, we do, it is important to to stress that difference between where we're at and where a club like Reading is. At. Obviously, there are you know uh, there are fair grievances with the situation, and we'd like Jason to be doing. Uh, you know, a bit of a quicker, um, more constructive job at uh, working on a sale. But at the end of the day, I it's you know we're not at the, the kind of the point where where Reading are, and you know we we are debt, but we also we've got to understand fan sentiment and listen to people who are wanting to organise something. Uh, I think at the very least, uh, it'll, if there ever if there is something organised, it would definitely not be something that would potentially in, uh, incur a fine 
or involving Brooks on the pitch because at the end of the day that that doesn't really solve any that it's you know that there are if, if people want to protest there are many other ways to protest that do not involve things that could potentially damage the damage the club and damage the playing side of things. So that that's I'd like to think that everybody's got it in their head that that's the last thing we want. So uh yeah we'll absolutely listen to what people have got to say and we'll kind of take things on board, whether it will result in something, I, I, I don't know really. But at the very least, you know, as a fans, it's important we communicate with fans, even if it's to a point of just trying to be a bit more communicative, put some information out there that will kind of keep people's minds at ease. So we'll just have to see where we go from from, from talking to people over the next kind of few weeks. Yeah, we are, uh, I'm very tall for saying this, but we are trying to arrange a fans forum for the next two, three weeks, the next three weeks. With Ben and Rod, so everyone can we get the questions answered there? Um, so that would be a good thing to do. We need we, we probably do need to have a session. We haven't had a session for a while to communicate with the people who don't listen to the pod, who don't come to the games. You know, we you know we go to see the away fans, and every single time we're there, we'll do it again on Saturday. I'm not even sure how many club directors do that, where we're always open for questioning, and we can be very very open and honest with things. So um, if people have any questions, we'll get it done at the fans forum. Um, more than welcome to answer any questions we can, and um, you know, please, please do uh, go to the Shrimps Trust with anything you want to try and um, get answered, rather than do something rash. Well, there you go. You've uh, you've heard it here first. There's a, there's hopefully going to be a fans forum organised in the next two to three weeks, which is good. Um, and if the people who were somebody suggested. I'm just being facetious now, but somebody suggested we should, we should all chip in for a Jason out banner. And from what what Charlie's just said, it sounds like Jason might chip in himself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's probably the most most important thing to realise <clears throat> about the situation. Jason wants Jason out. <laughs> I, I think he'd be happy. He'd be happy. He, he's very open about that. There's no. There's no. There's no. Um, there's no no there's no hidden agenda that's good right well um i think that's a good place to end uh thank you to charlie for the insight from the boardroom guion uh welcome to the club you've been a brilliant start absolutely no pressure uh, on saturday but uh, if you could arrange for something better than we usually get at mk we'd be very very grateful thank you very much uh, and thanks for coming on hope you've enjoyed it and uh if you manage to uh if you manage to uh, we might if you score at trick on Saturday, you're back on next Thursday because <laughs> because usually people come on here and and uh, uh, we had JJ on and he got injured. Jake Taylor come on, he got injured. Stuart Moore came on, he got injured. And I'm like, for God's sake! So uh, I'm wishing you. I'm, I'm not putting a hex on you. You are going to be fit for the rest of the season, Guion. If I have anything to do with it, but good luck. Cheers, thank you. Thanks for having me on. All right, cheers, John and uh, we shall see you next week when we will chat obviously about uh, an unusual away victory at MK Dons and how the hell did we beat crew with when they only had 10 men that's my predictions but I'm useless actually no I said 5-0 at Doncaster we won 5-0 at Doncaster I'm a genius right join us next week thanks for listening <laughs>